Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am Jamie Moser. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. (laughs) We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man, I am doing fantastic. fantastic. Is there a song that better takes a guitar part and makes it sound like whining or crying. And you know what I mean there? Go back to your freshman year of high school and embrace the angst in Emerson's voice with this powerhouse mid-90s anthem. Rob, play a little of the whiny, crying guitar into this magnificent jam. Wow, this is If You Could Only See by Tonic. If you could only see the way she loves me Why I feel this way about our love and what I must do If you could only see how blue her eyes can be when she says Grab your tissues, kids When she says she loves me I love that. Well, you got your reasons. And you've got your lies. And you've got your manipulations. They cut me down to size. All right, we got to talk for a second about like you just casually said that as though it was a joke. What you said was brilliant analysis of this song and its production. Just brilliant. Okay, first of all, the story behind the song. We're going to talk to Emerson Hart, lead singer of Tonic, writer of this song here at the end of the episode. And we're going to, and we're going to talk about the, the story behind the song a little bit with him. But I know that not everybody makes it all the way through, right? I see the numbers of like where people drop off. And so I know that not everybody listens to the interviews. Um, so the, the, the story behind the song is Emerson was involved with a woman. Um, and she, I believe, was like fairly significantly older. I don't know how much, but enough that it bugged his parents. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so his mom was like against this relationship and he is on the phone with her and they have sort of a, you know, a discussion about it where she expresses her, her, um, you know, disdain for the relationship. And basically this song is his response to her, right? It's like basically him going, mom, you don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If if you could only see, which uh, it was one of those things that like I never analyzed the song to that point. I didn't. I like I got it for what I thought it was, which was, you know, like that it that it was a um that it was just in general in general speaking, in other words, bro. If you could only see the way she, you know what I mean. Yeah. But then I didn't get the stuff about manipulation and the and the you know what I mean. Uh-huh. I didn't I didn't understand all that stuff. And so when you go, oh, his mom didn't want this relationship yeah. to happen. Then it all, all the bricks fall into place. Uh-huh. That moment, that light bulb moment is one of the best things about doing this show. Yeah. Is, is, when it clicks. Yeah, when it clicks, right? Okay, so with that in mind, taking that into the production of the song and, and the guitars, the... It's literally like him going, uh, Mom, come on! You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, that's good. It's it is whiny. It is petulant. Yep. It really, I, I I'm blown away by this analysis, and you just casually threw it out there like it was nothing. But I, that is that's better than than I, I was complaining about my research before we started because I didn't feel like my research was good on this episode. I couldn't find anything that just really hooked me in. That's better than anything I could have possibly no. found about I'm this glad. song, dude. 
Um, and you ask, um, I don't know if we were if we were recording when you ask what gear. I know Jeff Russo plays an LP okay. through a Marshall half stack. I don't know the distortion pedal that he used. Okay. Um, I didn't get that deep, but it's there, it's one pedal. It's yeah. Probably either a Tomb Screamer or Boss DS One yeah. or something would be a guess. Metal Zone. Yeah. <laughs> Was that the rogue one? <laughs> the black rogue metal. Oh man! Like no, the metal zone was like a. It's a fairly famous boss what boss pedal. Yeah, the metal zone. Oh man, I um, don't know that one. It's it's gone from it's gone from this thing to where it was kind of a joke to now it's kind of like beloved. Oh yeah, you know, for certain things. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, the the metal zone. Okay, so let's go. Let's go. Let's go back a little bit. That was "If You Could Only See" by Tonic from the 1996 album "Lemon Parade." It went to number one on Billboard Mainstream Rock Tracks chart, number eleven on the Mainstream Top 40, number eleven on U.S. Radio Songs, number ten on Adult Alternative Songs, number seven in the Adult Top 40, number three in U.S. Alternative Airplay, number one in Canada Rock Alt Chart, and number eighteen in Canada Top Singles. According to BMG, which is a, a performance rights organization, it is the most played rock song of 1997. That's amazing. Huge song. And yet there's one thing missing uh, other than the Billboard all-time 600. There's, but, there's, but there's a reason it's not on. For once, I know the reason okay. why this song is not on the Billboard. Because with a, with a litany of chart information like that, you would go, surely this song is on the Billboard all-time mm-hmm. 600. But one thing that was missing from that list of incredible chart information was the Billboard Hot 100. Okay. This song did not enter the Billboard Hot 100, even though it was number one mainstream rock, number 11 mainstream top 40, number seven adult top 40, number 10 adult alternative, and number three U.S. alternative. How did it not make the Billboard? It wasn't released as a single. Oh. Technically. Okay. It was released as an album track only, which disqualified it from technically entering the Billboard Hot 100. That might be the first time we've talked about something like that that I I can think of. I think this is maybe the third song that we've talked about that that, that fits into this category. So they did it, and I I wish I could remember off the top of my head what the other songs were, but essentially it was a drive to push album sales. Okay. So they didn't want... They Everybody to just go buy the single. Go buy the single yeah. and album sales suffer. So if you wanted this song, you had to go buy, had to buy the, the whole album, album. Which which by uh you know the by the bylaws of the Billboard Hot One Hundred means it's not eligible for, for Hot One Hundred charting. I've bought this album three times. Okay. Three different times. This is the most recent. As you can see, I spent a whopping five cents on this one at McKay's, but like yeah. I paid full price back in the day, so I had it when it first came out. And then I bought it once in the middle because I lost that one. Okay. And this is the third time I've actually purchased this project. Okay. So. And there are now a couple of redone versions of this album. Uh, there is an acoustic version, fully acoustic mm-hmm. version of this album. Um, and then there is a, what is it called? Is it called uh, Lemon Parade Revisited? Yes. Lemon Parade Revisited, uh, which, or I guess that is the acoustic version. Okay. My bad. Um, I, I thought there was another, like essentially a re-recorded version, but I may be, I may be conflating Combining. those two things. Yeah, I'm mixing those two things. Is up. conflated a word? I conflating, love that word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vocab award of the day goes to Rob. Thank I don't you. think I know conflated. I think it's um, it's when you get like two things sort of confused with each other and 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 sort of assign one thing to another. It's good. It's like you know, I, like I don't that. know. I use it sometimes, and sometimes I think I probably use it wrong, but <laughs> I like it. Fun word to say. Listening notes for me. This song is all about a, a few things. Sure. Um, one, this song is grungy. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not a grunge song. It's, it's just gritty and yep. grungy. Yep. It has, uh, it's like, y- y- okay, we're from the South. We know about grits. You know, this song feels like grits. <laughs> Sandpaper. This song has grit. That's good. That's what I'm saying. I like that. Um, this song sweats. Yeah. You know, it's. Just so angsty. This song doesn't shower in the morning. Yeah, it gets up and it goes to school. You're darn right with nappy hair. Yes, and then it's mad at mom. You're darn right. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It really fits the come on, mom. You know what I mean? Like when you when that when that falls into place, it makes everything about this song even more perfect. Yeah, Um, because it's it's just like so angsty, um, but not in a way that's like annoying Mm -mm. it's in a way that's just everybody feels this everybody has felt this at some level 
about something. You yep. know what I mean? Like I'm trying to think of something that just made me like this at my at my parents, especially because mm-hmm. parents you you have a you have a special place of anger that you reserve only for your. parents. I'll give you mine. Okay, I'll give you my story. Eighth grade. So I'm in the eighth grade in the youth group. Okay. And my friends, a lot of my friends are ninth grade and above. Okay. So it's high school. Mm-hmm. They take a high school trip to this campsite. They go to Indian Boundary. You East Tennesseans know Indian Boundary. And my friends are like, come on, go with me. And my mom's like, no, it's only for high school people. Mm-hmm. But we'll let you go for a little bit during the day. And then we leave. Mom's like, you got, you know, I'll take you, I'll drop you off, but I'm coming back and pick you up here in a little bit. And I have to leave. And that makes me so angry. That makes me so that feeling. Like, yeah. come on, mom, you don't get it. All my friends are there. Yeah. Who cares that I'm a year younger right. than all the hot? They don't care that I'm there. It's okay. Mm. But come on, mom. Come on, mom. Come uh, on, mom. Let me stay in your bed. You don't come care, on. mom. That's, That's literally it. for the rest of my life. When I hear this song, I'm gonna hear, uh, uh, mom, come on. on. <laughs> That's Every good. time That's good. from now on, ruined it. You've actually ruined this song <laughs> with your brilliant analysis. <laughs> But it's that's great. My other listening note that I have when I first hear, we talked, we were playing it before. Rob's like, "Oh, this song is in," and we're figuring out the key. I'm like, "Well, I know it's capoed one. He's played yeah. in A minor, so it's basically B flat minor. minor." And yeah. I know that because I was uh, standing outside of my car with my acoustic guitar. My friends are like, "Play this song," <laughs> and I did not have a capo, so what then the I had frick? to I had to play the B flat minor bar chord <laughs> on one the whole time just to show that I could play the song. But it was not comfortable. And yeah. I was like, oh, what I'd give for a capo right now. Yeah. And I still remember that feeling in my head. I'd be like, ah, for a capo. <laughs> you know, I'm singing the line wishing that I had a capo. So uh, really some interesting tonality in the in the chords of the song, too. It's it sort of has a shifting tonal center a little bit. It's you you almost have to just say this song is in B minor. B flat minor. Um, I'm sorry, B flat minor. Um, if you were going to write it, I think you would probably write the key signature down if you were writing sheet music for it um, to teach your you know, classical guitar player. Uh, I think you would probably write the key signature in D flat. Um, but uh, it's interesting because the way the chords are structured, sometimes it feels like it's in a, a D flat tonal center. And sometimes it feels more like it's in a, an A flat tonal center. The chorus, because of where he lands, uh, you can only see how blue her eyes can be when she said, all that is A flat. He's landing on A flat, A flat, A flat. And the chord kind of resolves on A flat. Because he's playing an open G right there. Yeah. Just uh-huh. g in it up. Yeah. And so it really, it really hits that A flat hard. And it almost sounds like it's in an A flat tonality on the chorus. Um, and the of course the verse really feels like when you got your reasons that's that's the B flat you know what I mean it really feels B flat minor centered but the but the chords the the chords in other words they don't there's a lot of uh, unresolved chord movement that sort of just jumps around jumps around jumps around it doesn't really nail a tonal center which I think is cool I don't think it's a bad thing at all I think it really adds to the it's got some um, like mystique about it. Yeah, it's good. You know what I mean? So I, I really like that. Um, I also, I love Emerson's pronunciation of the, the, the line of the chorus. If you, the way he pronounces could and only is a hook to me every time. Okay. Because he doesn't say if you could only, he doesn't say if you could only see, he says if you kid only, Right, it's like if you kid on Lassie, yeah, you know what I'm true. saying? Yeah, and it's it's like I don't know why you said that like that, but I it's really so like much it. Cooler than, yeah, yeah, it's better than if you could only see. Yeah. The- it's it's happy if he sings if you could only see. Yeah, it's, but if you sing if you kid only, like he's say, got his yeah. teeth clenched. If you kid on Lassie, that's, that's, you know, like I don't you got know. a little James Hetfield there. A little, yeah, there. I got a little uh, Chad Kroger, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you can. Look at this. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Rockstar. Yeah. Hey, hey. Let's Good meet Lord. the band. I okay. want to meet the band. Let's meet them. Hey. Let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. 
right, we're going to meet the band that played on this track and uh, on the Lemon Parade album with Tonic on guitar. Jeff Russo, we talked about uh, what he played, lead and rhythm guitar, w- became a music composer after that, did the music uh, for Fargo and Star Trek cool. and others, and actually won an Emmy. So okay. pretty big music producer, uh, composer awesome. now, actually. He does a lot of composition. That's awesome. Um, on bass, Dan Rothschild, stuff with Hart, Beck, Fiona Apple, Cheryl Crow, and actually helped produce the Deluxe Adam album for Better Than Ezra. Okay. He was one of the producers on that. So sure. we just had Kevin on yeah. uh, not too long ago, um, and he helped produce the Deluxe album okay. for Better Than Ezra. On drums, Kevin Shepard, one of my favorite uh, stories in, in some of the Meet the Band section, he's actually the adopted son of Tom Selleck. And no kidding. He was known for a bit as Kevin Selleck. What's wow. it like to have Magnum as a parent yeah. father figure? Wow. I mean, how does he not have a mustache? Like, <laughs> and I bet he owns lots of white shorts. Like, <laughs> as a kid, for real. Um, and actually, he was in an episode of Magnum and in Scream Two. He helped write the soundtrack for Scream Two. No kidding. His favorite movie is Ace Ventura. Okay. As he's a huge Jim Carrey fan, and I'm like, is there any more actor opposite? Than Tom, Tom Selleck, Selleck, than Jim Carrey. No kidding. Yeah, so, it's almost Ace Ventura is almost a lampoon of Magnum PI. Exactly. He's, you it's, know, he's a detective, but he's like a goon. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to show you. But Dad. he wears white pants. White pants versus the white shirt. Oh my goodness! Like, dude, we're putting something together. Wow. Kevin Shepard might be the link. Wow. The sun may be the. Link. It's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Anyway, we're discovering some stuff <laughs> on percussion. We talk about him all the time. Lenny Castro. Um, I'm going to go something I, I want a little Are deeper. you going to go my way? Yeah, sure. That would be Lenny Kravitz. Oh, my bad. My <laughs> That's bad. That's all right. Um, first gig he ever did, like first real gig, was with Boz Skaggs. Wow. And then expl- and then Toto after that okay. at, sec- at second round. Dang. And then exploded. Elton John, Rolling Stones, Rod Stewart, Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Wonder, Quincy Jones, Tom Petty, Justin Jeez. Timberlake, Holy Red Hot God. Chili Peppers. Have I mean, a career, man. I know. Goodness gracious. Um, Jay, okay. Producer, okay, Jack Joseph Puig. Yes. So this, I, I got to talk for a minute. 1976 produces a Maranatha album. Oh, me and Rob grew up in the wow. church. 1970. This is tra- you're gonna love this this progression. 1976 gets his start doing Maranatha music. Okay. 1977, Sweet Comfort Band. So okay. that's Brian Duncan's group. Yeah. 1980, Flip Side for Phil Keggy. Maybe in my top ten favorite mm. albums of all time. Amy Grant, Age to Age, Unguarded. Rust Half Walls of Glass and Metals, my two favorite Rust Half albums. And I had to bring this down for the album cover. He did this Michael W. Smith album, Michael W. Smith 2. With the Argyle. Which is maybe the best album cover ever. Wow. It's atrocious. Look up Michael W. Smith 2. Yeah. It's worth the look. It's literally like he's wearing an Argyle sweater vest or is it a oh, sweater? Man. It's just he's wearing a sweater. Sleeveless, sleeveless sweater kind of thing. Sle- sweater. Short sleeve sweater. The background matches. And then the background it's is the Argyle pattern on pink his. Pink and purple for days, wow. guys. Um, he's jumping. <laughs> okay, but he uh, yeah, I know, but he also did non-CCM stuff. Stuff with yeah. Irene Cara. He did the Journeyman album for Clapton. Yeah. Huey Lewis, Toto. He did Pinkerton for Weezer. Yeah. Uh, which was the album right after this. So the very next oh, okay. album he did right after Lemon was Parade was Pinkerton for Weezer. Stuff was better than Ezra. He did Dizzy Up the Girl for Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah. No Doubt, Collective Soul, STP. He is probably my favorite, at least the most influenced producer, producer. of my lifetime. Wow. He's That's probably cool. number one. Of all the product projects that I like, his hand is in the most uh, of go. anybody. Okay, so if you ever... Uh, decide to get into the digital production game. I know you have, you're cool, you have a MacBook now, we're slowly getting you into some technology, (laughs) your wife has an iPhone, it's crazy. Um, So if you ever decide to start doing your own music production, then you need to get a set of plugins that I have. I have the Jack Joseph Puig uh, waves audio oh, man. plugin collection we'll do that, that are his, his custom plugins that's cool that have you know a bunch of presets that he's made and and you know the the way he likes to do his blah blah blah, blah i love blah. that that's so good. i have the jjp collection from waves and it's very enjoyable i rather i use it quite a bit so that's good go. um and then on vocals um emerson hart um stick around for the interview you guys are gonna love him he's yeah, my he's fun my college roommate zan's favorite singer and band um, okay number one was emerson hart i thought for a second you were gonna be like emerson hart was my college college roommate and I was like, how are you spinning this i don't understand not, not quite it's my, my my college roommate zan's favorite band and singer okay. is this guy so right. and i got a transition from there emerson hart into stump the genius oh so we're gonna play stump the genius okay stump the genius 
genius. Stump the genius. It's time to stump the genius. Jump up and take your part. I take your part. All right, we're going to play Stump the Genius. Okay. I have a guess about what this is going to be. Guess. Is it going to be about fruit? No, okay. it's going to be about body parts because of Emerson Hart. Hart, okay. 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 So we're gonna... I thought you were going like lemons and okay. Okay, that okay. would have been good. So 13 songs. Okay. 14 body parts. Okay. 15 <laughs> seconds each. I'm going to give you 15 seconds per song. Okay. Let's see how you do. So name the body part. Name the body part. Is it in part. the title or does it just talk about it? It's in the title. Part? Okay. It's in the title. Okay. So I think the first one is probably the hardest, which okay. I did this wrong. So if you get this one, you're going to kill it. And this okay. is one I went back to. I've been destroying Rob on yeah. Stump the Genius. So I'm going it. back to try to help him. Okay. This is cheering for Rob. Okay. So 13 songs, 14 body parts. I'm not going to tell you which one has two. You're okay. just going to have to know. I'll figure it out. Okay. So here we go. Here's song one. This is a, a little bit tougher. So if you okay. get this, we're going to kill it. Because we only get 15 seconds. Sunshine. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Body part. Sunshine. Is it John Denver? It's John Denver. Okay. okay you okay, got but it. It's- what is sunshine? On. My face? Uh, on my shoulders. Sunshine on my shoulders. Makes me happy. Sunshine on my shoulders. Okay, 0 for 1. We're going to kill the rest. So okay. that's the, you're going to get the rest. Here we go. Oh, I, I, I know this. Is this owner of a lonely heart? No. Crap. You still got three seconds of your 15th, so... Oh, no, I don't get to hear the vocals. Oh, man, oh, I need no. to give you some. Let me see if I can get some vocal and hopefully oh, not hit no. them. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, that's, that's uh, I got you wrapped around my finger. Wrapped around my finger. Okay. There we go. I'm going to give you that just because of some. some okay. ding, 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 ding. Wow. I left my bell. So here we go. Okay, we're get, we're going on from here. Number I like three. This. I like this. Look at that. No fighting. No fighting. Shakira, Shakira. Hips don't lie. Hips don't lie. There we go. Legs? Legs. Okay. ZZ Top. We're in the zone now. Momentum. Uh, Of course. I want to hold your hand. I want to hold your hand. So there we go. (laughs) Wait for it. What body part? That's arms wide open. With arms wide open. Oh, there we gross. go. There we go. Oh man, my father's eyes. My father's eyes. Oh, that's Kill. really good. Killing that's it. That's really good. <laughs> oh, that's hand in my pocket. Oh, wow. Alanis Morissette. Yeah. You only needed one second of that. Very good. <laughs> that was amazing. Here we go. We're we're moving along. Oh, um. oh, come on. Is this Foreigner? This is Foreigner. But what's the song, though? Daylight. Uh, is it? It's not a body part we've said. It is not a body part we is have. Is this the two? Is this the double? No. Okay, hold on. Oh. Foreigner. I'm going to give you five it's, seconds. Play, play it one more time. Play it one more time. It's like I'm hearing it, but I'm not hearing it. This part is different than the chorus hook. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, man. I'm almost there. I gave you a couple extra seconds there. Ooh. Throw out a body part. I, I'm trying to think of foreigner songs with body parts. I, I don't, I, this is I don't head know. games. Head games. My Always gosh. you and me, head baby. Games. There it is. That's tough because the chorus is different than the. Yeah. Okay, here we go. This is uh, I got Georgia Satellites. Uh-huh. Um, keep your hands to yourself. Keep your hands okay. to yourself. Yeah. There we go. You're gonna know it and hate it. You're gonna hate it so much when it when it hits. This is uh, Dig. yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Groove is in the heart. The groove is yeah. in the like heart. Like D-Light. D-Light. Yeah. <laughs> Just listen to the riff. This is, uh, what? I want you back. I want you back. I was like, where's the body part? <laughs> I want you back. Okay, this is the last one. This is the one with two since you hadn't said any two. I'll just tell you that much. Oh, this is, uh, this is, uh, Billy Idol. This is Billy Idol. Um, and this is, uh, oh, come on. I love this song. What's it called, though? I'm in the groove. I'm lost in the, I'm lost in the groove. It's, uh, Two body parts. Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, uh, eyes without a face. <laughs> eyes without a face. Well done. Well done. Oh, Overall, well I done. I love that. That's in my uh, top stump the genius. Top three stump the genius. We of got, all time. Uh, we technically, I guess, landed on 13 body parts because we missed. Uh, no, we missed, uh, missed the first Sunshine one. on My Shoulders yeah. and Head Games. Okay, okay. so we got yeah, 12. Yeah. That's a good job, though. That was fun. Quick that run through. We had one. Sunshine on My Shoulders wrapped around your finger. Hips don't lie. Legs want to hold your hand with arms wide open. My father's <laughs> eyes. Hand in my pocket. <laughs> head Games. Keep your hands to yourself. Group is in the heart. I want you back. <laughs> eyes without a face. <laughs> Well done, Rob. Stump uh, I couldn't believe you didn't do Aki Breaky Heart, but I guess that would have been oh, too much of a giveaway. That's too much heart. It would have been so easy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just, you hear that. I mean, who doesn't, who hey, doesn't know that riff? Hey, I did, did the best I could. Wow. That was fun. I think that's all I've got. That's good. I, I think that's it's a good all. episode. It's been good. It's been yeah. fun. Hang around, guys. You guys are going to love Emerson. Super cool guy. We talk about silk shirts. We talk about <laughs> smashing chairs. It's yeah. amazing. So it's it, good stuff. It was a very natural interview. Very, very cool dude. Uh, talk to us from his kitchen. It was nice. So. Yeah. All right. Stick around. We're going to talk to Emerson Hart. We'll be back uh, to tuck you in in just a moment. But first, before you do anything else in your life, I don't even care if, you, if you're running to the bathroom right now. I want you to stop and go to Facebook, it. Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, you can wait. You can, you're a grown-up. Come on. Be a big boy. You can hold this. Go to the socials and follow us everywhere at Great Song Pod, or you can join the Facebook group, Great Songs, and the great people who love them greatly. And if you really want to go the extra mile and you want to support the show and help us keep making it and make more and grow bigger and do the better things, then you can go to Patreon and go to patreon.com slash greatsongpod. And when you support us on Patreon, we get to say thank you by giving you things like early access, bonus material, extended interviews, and more behind-the-scenes goodies are waiting for you at patreon.com slash greatsongpod. We're going to kick it to Emerson Hart, lead singer-songwriter of the band Tonic, and we'll be back to tuck you in in just a minute. This is the Great Song Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here with Emerson Hart of Tonic. Emerson, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a real pleasure to talk to you. Man, pleasure to be here. We are we are really excited to dig into some tonic goodness with you and uh and and see what uh see what juice we can squeeze out of the lemon parade i'm sure you've literally uh, never heard that one never heard that one ever uh i do want to ask first off uh the name tonic does it refer to like a medicinal cure-all or is it like in music theory when you call the root note the tonic or is it something else yeah, it's actually the second. It referred to uh, we were in rehearsal one afternoon, and it was us. STP was in the the studio next to us, and we were just rehearsing for the first record. STP was making their second one at that point, and uh, somebody screamed, "Go to the tonic," which means you know, go back to the one. Yeah, and I was like, "Hmm, that's funny." We kept it, and that became the band name. That's awesome. That's excellent. I don't think I've ever heard anybody actually in a musical moment context call, call it, it the tonic. tonic. Everybody just calls it the go one. To the one. Yeah, yeah. Go. I've only heard it well, called the Well, we're old timey. Right? <laughs> old timey. We, we took off our spats, yeah. you know, and took off our top hats. <laughs> Let's make that rock and roll, boys. <laughs> yes. I remember yes. someone rolled up on their carriage and said, Let's go to the tonic. That's great. Make hey, haste. Get make- to the tonic immediately. <laughs> And and now you find yourself uh, in the in the Nashville area. Um, what uh, what what brought you here um, initially? Um, I just always loved the city, man. I think you know I I grew up in in between uh, the shore in Jersey and and in New York City uh, in Monmouth County, so in Bruce Country, one town over, and. Um, 
left there when I was 21, moved to Los Angeles, started Tonic out there, lived there for 10 years, and then moved here in 2001. I just, I, I just loved the city. When we started touring, you know, we would play like 328 and Exit In and all these, you know, different clubs. And I loved the vibe of the city and it was a music city. And to be honest, once I started, you know, doing okay at my job and making money, I saw my taxes in the state of California. I said, <laughs> ew, <laughs> I'm out. So, and they, and, and, and to, to California, this is hilarious. California is still to this day, once a year, they try to send me a tax bill saying that I've obviously written a song in California at some point. Oh, and I'm like, goodness. wow, nope. <laughs> man. Well, we're glad to have you in the volunteer state uh, for sure. I, I found a really interesting backstory of, of sorts um, that sort of unlocks the mystery for people like me who, who are often too lazy to dig much into the lyrics. Um, so the, the backstory to uh, if you could only see sort of unlocked you know, unlock the song to me. I, I sort of, sort of got it, but sort of didn't. Um, can you just share with us kind of the, the backstory and the origin Genesis of the song? Uh, yeah. So, um, I wrote the song actually before tonic was formed really. Um, Jeff, uh, my partner in the band, he had just joined and I'd had this song kind of laying around and what it was, was, um, you know, I was 21 years old, 22 years old, and I wanted to get married. I fell in love with this girl. My mother said, you're insane. You're too young. You're about to sign a record deal. And, you know, your whole career is going to change in your life and your path and all that stuff. And um, and I said, if you can only see the way she loves me, then maybe you would understand. And I hung up the phone and I literally wrote that song down in probably 10, 15 minutes. And I just kind of put it away and I would, you know, plunk on it every once in a while. And then I played it for Jeff uh, when we started, you know, kind of getting our music together for starting tonic. And he was like, yeah, we should probably keep that one. That's a good one. I was <laughs> like, all right. I, <laughs> so yeah. that was, that's the long and short of it. Really. And the world is glad you did keep it. Yeah, so. absolutely. I oh, so is my wife. My world is very good. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, production wise, I love the way, um, the song just grabs you instantly. It's not that many songs that a start straight on the chorus and B start straight with a bare vocal. Um, you know, it, it, what went into this sort of production, uh, idea behind that? Yeah. And was that a Jack Joseph idea or was that your concept going in? Uh, the song always started with the chorus. Okay. Always did. Um, I don't know how that happened, but it just kind of did. That was the first. I Choruses always usually come to me first, then I write the verses after. I don't know why that is, but choruses usually come first. Um, and so the chorus was always there. Uh, and Jack really just, Jack really helped me make the verses feel better. They always kind of felt a little choppy, even though the vocal pattern, you know, the cadence of it never really changed putting the right guitars behind it, finding the right tunes, making it feel more like a, like a movement, having Lenny Castro doing percussion. All those things were all essential parts of making that song what it was. And this really about the verse wasn't even about the chorus. How did you land Jack? I mean, he was huge. He'd already done stuff with Clapton. He did Journeyman. He'd done Huey Lewis in the News, Toto, Weezer, Pinkerton for Weezer. How did you end up with him? Um, man, we just, we, we met him. He, he came up, we, we were meeting with some other people and I met him at Molly Malone's pub, which was kind of near where I was living at the time on, in, on uh, Fairfax in Los Angeles. And we sat down and we talked about free, you know, like, which was one of my favorite bands and, and uh, bad company, all these different things and the goals and records we wanted to make. Then he came to a mint show when we would play there every Sunday and he just, it was just the right fit, man. He loved gear like we loved gear. Um, you know, he introduced us to his friend, John, who was building amplifiers, which turned out to be matchless amplifiers. Oh, wow. And, That's you know, in awesome. Bad Cat, like we, it was just a right time in history. We were just there at the right time to, to hang with Jack. And he taught me so much. I really, so much. St stars aligned. Um, yeah. I'm I'm a fan. Okay, I'm a video guy. I watch all the videos. I'm a lot of my questions will be video related. So in this video, a lot of folks say you look like a, a young Louis C.K. Have you heard that? Has anybody told you that before? 
I have I have heard that before. Yes, the, it's hilarious. Do you uh, and you're wearing that amazing silk shirt um, in that? Do you still uh, have that silk shirt that rayon or maybe rayon? I don't know, but that's I uh, think I think everything was rayon, bro. Yeah. We were like walking flammable, and all of us smoked. <laughs> it's even worse. I can't tell how many times we almost caught on fire. <laughs> but uh, no, we. Uh, I don't think I. I don't think I still have that shiny shirt. It's got to be in a hard rock somewhere. Yeah. I know that the guitar. It looks like a Gibson headstock on like an ovation. What kind of guitar is that? They're called Chet Atkins SSTs. Okay. And uh, they're the only, the only guys who were playing them in rock and roll was me and Dave Matthews. We were the only two guys. And I I ran them through amplifiers Mm. and I was the only guy doing that at the time. I don't know if anybody else did, but. I still do. I mean, I run them through Marshall stacks. Really? And and then run a split signal to front of house. So there's the a clean acoustic. Yeah. And then you can have the heavy amps. But uh, yeah, I don't think I have that shiny shirt anymore. I think that's, <laughs> I, I kept a couple of 90s couture pieces, sure. some long leather jackets and, uh-huh. you know, things like that that were made for me. Do you still uh, have the tuxedo outfit from Open Your Eyes? Open Up Your Eyes? Oh, yes, that, I do. That's money. I I still have that. I still have the roller skates. The roller blades. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Were all you guys, uh, was everybody able to rollerblade like y'all are natural rollerbladers or did anybody have to learn? Well, roller skates, man. Oh, not yeah, rollerblades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were yeah, y'all yeah. All, all skaters there or were y'all? Uh, we were all skaters because, you know, we all grew up. I mean, Jeff grew up in New York City, you know, and I used to roller skate in New York City. And, and uh, the only guy who wasn't really was Dan, who grew up in South Jersey. I don't think he did a lot of roller skating down there. That's but. one of my favorite videos of all time. How did you land Mick Fleetwood in that video? That's Mick walking yeah. by. He, the guy who shot the record, uh, Neil Preston, um, very famous photographer and uh, an old friend. And he, uh, he knew Mick and was like, hey, these guys are doing this video in town and you want to do it. And then. Oddly enough, Mick comes. We hang out with Mick. Uh, we had met him in Maui. I guess we were on vacation out there doing a hard, oh no, it was a hard rock, a New Year's Eve hard rock show. That's what it was in Maui. And that's where we met him through Neil because Neil was out there with us. And uh, we just asked him and he said, yes. I was like, there was no, there was no Bully Maru. And uh, Carl Stubner, who's one of our managers now, was still is Fleetwood Max manager. And, um, so it's odd that we end up being managed in that whole family many years later. It's very strange. That's, like, That's really interesting. Mick is the wonderful guy. Wonderful guy. Good human being. And 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 many years later, what was it twenty? It was twenty twenty, right? When we end up seeing a viral video of Mick on a skateboard right. drinking cranberry juice. There you go. Maybe so, he had inspiration he from watching you guys uh, and open up your eyes. Skate around. He's like, yeah. uh, maybe one day I can I'll, do. I'll tap the wheels, man. It all yeah. comes around. <laughs> He's like, anything with wheels, just give me the wheels. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned you mentioned Hard Rock. I want to ask about your connection with Hard Rock International and being um, artist ambassadors. Tell us a little bit about how that came about and what you have have done in partnership. Um, well, we, it was kind of through the one world thing. Uh, Annie Bolero, who was an old uh, rep for us for the Northeast for selling records when we were working Lemon Parade. Um, she started working with the Hard Rock, became good friends, uh, with Ringo Starr and, and, uh, a bunch of the other wiggy wigs over there. And we went down to... Ringo's birthday, I think it was in Nashville and hung with him and some other folks and Joe Walsh and, and just kind of buddied up and, and that Ryman show, was it the one from the Ryman? Was it the, no, we were at the actual hard rock thing. This was, this was, this was years ago. Okay. Um, And then we talked about Haiti and uh, places in need. And so we went to Haiti and went to the jungle for a week and hung out and, and kind of, you know, learned about how they're doing it in the high country and, and building houses after the earthquake and all that stuff. So that's kind of how we got involved it was really through Annie Bolero and I credit her for that. And, uh, she's a, she has a charity called Unify Good. Um, and she, she's the, she manages every astronaut. This is the weirdest gig, but she literally manages astronauts like for public speaking events and stuff like that. And she manages Toad the White Sprocket still. 
<laughs> well, that's really interesting. Uh, managing astronauts. That's got me just thinking of a whole other. Yeah, we didn't have any astronaut questions. questions written. Yeah. We, uh, of our board, there's nothing astronaut related on there. <laughs> I missed one on the video that I got to know. How many takes of smashing a chair through the glass do you get in that video? Do you, is it like one take, one glass? They're like, get it right. Get it right. Don't mess this up. Or do you get like multiple breakable glasses? No, I, it was one take. Get it right. Um, even though those were the days where you would spend, oh, I don't even want to talk about the amount of money we used to spend. <laughs> on. Unbelievable. That's called money you don't get back, boys. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I did it in one shot, though. I did it in one shot. So one shot, I, I one got, kill. Boom. Yeah, it, it's called like candy glass or something like that. Yeah, it's like sugar. Baked sugar somehow, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's the same thing they use in wrestling when they need to uh, throw oh, a guy through gotcha. a glass window or whatever, you know. Yeah, that's a weird video. I, I reviewed that. <laughs> we're going through all of our old footage right now because uh, we're digitizing everything, like the making of sugar and, and some of the stuff from Lemon Parade. And I'm looking at some of the videos and, and I'm just like, what the f- Like, what is this? <laughs> like, uh, the, the roller skating video? I totally get that. You wanted more video? You wanted totally more is great. I, uh, yeah, I, I'm a I fan of Dan's uh, sweater. Me and Rob are both sweater vest wearers. Yeah. I didn't wear it today. So, obviously, uh, you know, teacher apparel sweater vest is right up our alley. So, that's that's. Oh, yeah. Doing. And it's big power. It's a big flex, the sweater vest. <laughs> yeah. Flex. Uh, I want to talk about a little bit about your latest solo project, 32,000 Days. Um, mm-hmm. Really interesting concept, and I think a very um, a sweet idea to sort of dedicate a whole you know, concept of an album uh, to your grandfather. Um, just tell us a little bit about sort of the – you know, the impetus for that and, and, uh, the, you know, the making of it, it's a really nice thing. If you have some time to just sit with, let me just encourage the listeners to, to, to try and sit down with it as one thing, you know, and kind of take in the whole thing. It's, it's really nice. Tell us about 32,000 days. Um, well, it's actually about my stepfather. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought it was about your grandfather. No, that's okay. That's okay. A lot of people assume because it's world war two, but he's still alive. He's 94 and he's a vet and he's still wow. healthy as a horse. Um, God bless him. Uh, you know, it just, my real father was uh, killed when I was 10. So I didn't really get to spend a lot of, uh, you know, that quality male time. But my stepfather kind of came in when I was about 13 or 14 and kind of took me under his wing and was always such a huge influence, like a fun influence in my life, would give me money to go buy records, always supported me in that way that, you know, you should, if this is art, you want to do it, you got to be the best at it. And, you know, there were so many stories that were just untold that the older he got, the more I learned. I mean, you know, on a ship that went down the water and being one of very few survivors in the Atlantic during the Second World War after being torpedoed. I mean, all these stories. So I was with my buddy, um, John Randall Stewart, who's a, a songwriter here in Nashville and a, a good bud. And he, we were just talking about that. And I was like, man, like, how long is that? And I had started writing it before he had turned 94 and he's like, I don't know, it's like 32,000 days, like 34, whatever the days were. It didn't sing as well as 32,000. <laughs> That's the one we're going to go with. We're going right. to go with 32. So I just kind of tried to incorporate that journey, how I've loved and been loved and how he has loved and lost and all these different things that go into the story of a record about where I grew up, you know, and the song, you know, in about the Jersey shore and just, Springsteen always being on the radio and what a great time and a great place to grow up in New York City when it used to be really dangerous and how wonderful that was. Not saying it's not great now, but <laughs> a, different, a different time for art. You know, my sister's sneaking me in to see the Ramones. Like that would never happen. To them. You couldn't you never get away with it. You know, it was just a really great time. So it's just kind of a snapshot of our relationship some of the things he experienced, some of the things I experienced, and some of the things we experienced together. You know, that's great. That's a. It's just a really um, kind and 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 sweet uh, concept, and I think you. I think you pulled it off really well. It's just a really a really nice, enjoyable um, listen. So it's great. Uh, there, there are parts of these where we uh, just throw out things that we like. I know I've given a bunch. Um, Casual Affair on Lemon Parade maybe one of my favorite of the three of you guys as a rhythm section together from like a guitar and bass. The bass is a little busier, but I love it, um, I, especially the, end, the way the lines end at the end of the verse. It's so good. Jeff Solo, it's not super technical. It's just nasty, and it's perfect for a song called Casual Affair. I think that's wonderful. Um, so one of my favorites on there. Um, 
I love Capital Fair. That was a funny story behind that song, and I'll be quick with it. But no, you're good. Like Thank I said it. earlier, where Stone Temple Pilots was making that second record, we were at, um, I think it was Mates. I forget where we were rehearsing, but we had the room next door, and, and Scott and, and the DeLeos had the other room. And we were rehearsing Casual Affair because I had just written it. There were, I wrote these three songs in three days. It was Golden Deal, Casual Affair, and Soldier's Daughter. They okay. all happened in a three-day period because they're in this weird Irish tuning that I learned from this guy named Seamus who's no longer with us. God rest his soul. The old Irish fella. But um, so we were rehearsing the song and it felt great. But then all of a sudden, like it would start to fall apart. And I would turn around and look at Kevin, who was the drummer at the time and be like, dude, why are you like losing the, where's your, it's one and four. Like, where's your foot? You know? And he's <laughs> like, it's not, it's not me. And we would stop. And then I would hear it. And then I realized that they were, rec- <laughs> they were recording Vaseline next door. So I kept hearing his one and in through the wall. And I remember looking out and seeing, you know, like them just kind of hanging out and being like, sounds, sounds great. I won't say anything. I'm an asshole. I'll just shut up and work on my turdy little first record. (laughs) Yeah. Your stone temple, just keep, keep, keep piloting those stone temples. And I'd say, I know. And I told, I told uh, Robert that to lay that story many years later when we became buds and, it's it's still a uh, it's still hilarious to me. <laughs> you talked about or, or or JP mentioned that you know you guys are in tonic are a trio. Do you have favorite trios that you sort of went okay? You know, obviously a lot of like power trios look up to like Cream or you know guys like that or even Jimi Hendrix experience. Who did who did you guys have for sort of foundational influences? Um. Well, I mean, we started out as a four piece, really. I mean, it. it so I can't really call it a power trio, although it kind of is, I guess. Uh, you know, man, we we all grew up loving the police. We all grew up, you know, loving Cream. Um, that was way ahead of our generation. But I had older sisters, so I was exposed to all that music. Um, you know, you, you got to be able to say it that way. I mean, listening to the first, I mean, listening to the Nirvana records. Like, I mean, that, there's only three dudes, right? <laughs> Well, Easter egg, it's three guys. Yeah. You know, granted, it's, it's, uh, you know, Sting, I'd still to this day, I'm not a bass player, but I don't know how he sang as well as he sang and played bass. And those, those aren't bullshit runs either. Like those are intricate, melodic, noted bass notes. I mean, like it's crazy to me. Yeah. So, we, we just all grew up on a really healthy diet of rock and roll, but we were also on that eighties cusp. So we were, you know, the cure REM. Like we, we just, I feel like we were just right in that great spot. Like we, we've got so many, you know, so many great influences and, and, and opportunities to see them, you know, uh, tell us a little bit of, uh, more about to be loved. The new, the new, um, the new single. I really enjoyed it. I, I do love that, that opening riff. Um, but it's got a, like a really kind of smooth and slick chorus too, that I just really enjoyed. Um, give us, give us the, the details on to be loved. Um, I think lyrically for me, it was really just the one thing that I kept repeating to myself this year. It's like, that's all people want. I mean, in, in our basic nature, we just want to be loved. We want to love who we want to love. We don't want to be told who to love. All of these things are all around this one big word. Um, and just watching, you know, my wife is a, is a nurse practitioner and she works at Vanderbilt university on the trauma unit. And Sad days, you know, yeah, a lot of sad days and people just want love, man. And, and you know, I, watching every, as hard as the people in healthcare have been working, it's inspirational. So I think when Dan came to Nashville and we, when we finished the song, I was just really focused on trying to be as clear as possible lyrically, but also be positive, you know, like even though there's certain melancholy and we always tend to have that in the chorus, um, it really is a positive song to me. I wanted it to make, I wanted it to feel, have the slickness and, and the feel of how it's a beautiful day does when you two's chorus. Okay, like that, sure. good. Yeah. That warm kind of lush thing. You know, of course one band is great. One not so great, yeah. but Come on, I was trying to, I was trying to go for it. Um, but I, I think we hit it, you know, and it's funny, man. It, 
a lot of people are responding to that. A lot of Brazilians. Not sure why a lot of Brazilians. Interesting. It's okay. Okay. We love Brazil. Yeah, it's very absolutely good. It's very nice. big following. <laughs> so, what uh, what are the goals for Tonic at present and and going forward? What are you guys stretching for these days? Um, we're mixing a couple other songs right now, and uh, I don't know whether it's going to be an EP or a record, or we'll, maybe we'll just release songs. I don't know. Okay, no idea. Yeah, we're cheering you on. We're we're behind you 100. Absolutely, 110. Um, percent But Emerson, you've been great. Um, we have one question that we ask everybody. Um, so here we go. You're on tour, either solo project or with Tonic, and you go into a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? And while you're thinking of it, I'll tell you mine. I would get a Three Musketeers bar. When I was growing up, my mom would say you could get any candy bar you want, and I would pick a Three Musketeers bar because it's the most ounces uh, for the money. What's your gas station snack food of choice? Guilt-free. Yeah, guilt-free. Guilt-free. No, no oh, judgment. Yeah, no. Judgment-free zone. Can, uh, <laughs> You could take oh, straight up. It's straight up the the ginormous payday bar. Okay. That is my oh, there we go. Good Salty, choice. nutty, sweet. It's got all the all the good stuff in there. The caramellies. Yeah. King size. Oh, don't give you the king the size. Man, I, I want it to like strain my arm and blow off the dust. Because you, know, you know it's <laughs> forever. Because I'm the only other weirdo who eats it. That's awesome. <laughs> Oh, it's awesome. Oh, Love man. It. That's so funny. It's true, though. You go in and you're like, oh, nobody wants these Mentos. They're like, you go, <laughs> and you blow all the- <laughs> That's good. Fantastic. Oh, that's great. Man, thanks so much for yeah, joining thanks for us. Thanks for hanging out with us. We Been hope a you had a hang. good time. Um, and if there's anything that you want us to pitch along the way or anything that you want to throw out here before you get off or tell our listeners where to go. No, man. I would just say, you know, check out uh, at Tonic Beneficial on Instagram or at Emerson Hart on Instagram and, and keep your eyes open because new music's coming down the pike. Thanks, man. Thanks. See you, bud. Peace. This is the Great Song Podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, that was Emerson Hart of Tonic. He tasted delicious. <laughs> um, I think uh, the lemon the lemon parade in the Tonic, you know, it just makes me think of a fizzy drink. I there mean, you go. I mean, I guess that's what Tonic is. We did, talked about like the, the um, when I think, but when I hear the word Tonic, I think of like the old, uh, like traveling medicine, you know? Oh yeah. Like, uh, I know with his little thing in his, like his little briefcase. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. yeah. He's got like about. a wagon full of tonics and, yeah. and you ever you seen know, peach dragon, the original? No, dude, look it up. There's a guy, there's that guy in that, in that, uh, yeah. in that movie. He's like, I'll cure what ails you. Dude, that's it's it. A, yeah. You know, that's that, that, that exact scene is in there. It's like so. a half carnival barker, half doctor. Yeah. And it's like, that's good. Yeah. All right. Like anyway, tonic, there we go. All right. We will be back next week. Make sure and check us out on all the socials at Great Song Pod. You can support the show at patreon.com slash greatsongpod and uh, be a part of the Facebook group, Great Songs and the Great People Who Love Them Greatly. Season 8 rolls on, and we will see you again next week with another great song. Until then, I'm Rob. I am JP. Go listen to some music.